everybody, Pastor Nate here, and I am excited to let everyone know that our prophetic podcast, Portals Podcast, is relaunching for 2022. We've had a really, really great break and time to soak in all the gems that have been poured out in all the past episodes. But we're coming back fresh off the Holy Spirit with new revelations and new gems that we know are going to transform your relationship with Jesus. So look out for Portals, Portals Live. It broadcasts live on Facebook, on our Facebook page. You can just search Talk New York or you can watch the highlight episodes, which we believe are the most, you know, influential episodes for your relationship with God on TalkTV.org. Look out for it this summer. You don't want to miss it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Portals Live. Give us a wave if you can see us on Facebook Live. Hey, guys. We're just getting our mics. We're just getting all our mics set up. All cleared. And uh, we're going to give you a portal tonight. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it because it's all about... Are we about principle or people? Very important subject that we need to talk about. And so, uh, what do you want to say about that, Pastor? Yeah, we've actually called it people over principle. So we have Pastor Natalie, my beautiful wife, who has been, I think, really, really got some good gems and wisdom as the Lord's been leading us through a process to do with this last four months on what God's been doing in our life. And uh, uh, definitely have seen her um, value people more than principle, even teaching me things. So we're excited to get into it. If you're excited, if you want to just comment, remember this is a live portal, so we'll be taking questions, interactions. It's on our Facebook page. We're we're on there right now, I think. Yep, our team is letting me know we're on there. And uh, we're also live with our church in Sydney, Australia. So we wave to Sydney, Australia. We can see you. So don't pick your nose. Don't get up and leave the room because we're watching. (laughs) We can Um, see everything. We can see everything. Praise God for technology. And uh, I think we're ready, Shania. All right. Second one for 2022, season three. Wow, is it? Season three. three. Okay. Oh, wow. I think I might take this jacket off. Yeah. Okay. It's very hot. It's very hot in New York. That's why we look very, very (laughs) summery, breezy. Looking like a summer breeze. Right. These lights is also very high up here. So. All of the flashing lights. All righty. Well, guys, you know, you know the usual. We are here for Portals. <laughs> what is usual at this point, right? Um, we are here for Portals Live. Um, you guys know everyone on this panel when it comes to Sydney, because you guys have known them longer than I have. But I mean, in case you forgot, or if it's any new visitors, we have Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hi, everybody. Then we have Pastor Natalie Cassis. That sounds so weird. 
That's so funny. Hi, Dad. You got to say hi to the people hi. in the mic. Hi. Hey to the people in the mic. There you go. And we have hold it now. <laughs> Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. What about you? Oh, and my name is Shania. And Andy. we have Shania oh. and Hi. Oh. I didn't know. I didn't know. No, I'm silly. Well, this portal, of course, I can't wait. So, guys, I'm going to put my mic down for this one to listen because I know there's been so much revelation coming out of this process that you guys have been on. Um, and I just got a whiff of it after, you know, hearing some great news um, coming from the Cassis family. And it was just like, what? Jim after Jim after Jim after Jim. So I'm definitely excited to dive into this portal to see what the Lord has shown you guys and get some downloads while we're here. And hopefully you guys get some downloads while you're there. It's, it ministers to you. Make sure you empty those pockets because you're going to need to fill them soon. All right? So without okay. further ado, who wants to kick off uh, we're this summer? Let Pastor Nate kick off. Awesome. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. It don't work like that, the kingdom of God. That's a principle that we need to get rid of. Yeah, I think we're going to get rid of a few principles. I need a drink, uh, a cold one, yeah. not uh, alcoholic I brought, I brought my, my water. Somebody help me with Some a water, please. Some new Top New York water bottles coming very soon like Yay. this, by the way. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's, a, that's a bit big, <laughs> but that, that, feel, that feels I, good for I me. I won't be buying one. They're yeah. a bit too big for me. You'll have your open eyes ones. Realize, yeah, realize, realize. <laughs> right, we'll bling you one out. Um, no, um, I, I think that this is a really timely portal, and I'd say before we get started, maybe you should go ahead and share it with, like, three people that you know will need to hear this one. Because, yeah, um, yeah, please. I think this is going to challenge a lot, like what portal doesn't challenge, you know. But um, what the Lord has been teaching us is that he is more interested in getting to people's hearts That's right. than fulfilling principle. And um, I think so many times as believers, we can fall into this moment, especially when we're in a very, very trying place of life, like we've been in this place where we feel like you're being squeezed on all ends. Every bit of juice is being squeezed out of you. And you're like, Lord, what's next? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a tendency that we have as fellow believers to kind of want to teach people things in these moments. Like, it's like we forget that, you know, we are human beings. And it's like we come alongside to teach people um, to try and... And I would say, like, you know, again, with my psychology and what I'm studying with Christian counselling, I think this is what one of the things that maybe Job's friends fell into the most. They were emphasising... Thank you, sir. Everyone wave to Zion, our intern, production intern. Um... I think, yeah, Job's friends really fell into trying to teach Job in a moment that required vulnerability, um, sensitivity, just genuine care and love for who a person was, you know. And I think that I have fallen into, and I'll be the first to say it, sometimes when someone is in such a, like a, a weak state emotionally, it's like all of this principle, like 
vomits up from your spirit. Like, well, you should be listening to the voice of God and you should be doing this. And, you know, you know what God said about that. And, you know, you know how to fight these voices. And in those moments, like, that might be the right answer, but it's not the best answer. And I think um, Jesus was never a principal person um, at the expense of people. Never. Wow. Never. Bordling already. Here we go. So you're going to hit that. Because I'm telling you, he was, he kept his principles. Yeah. But godly principles. But it was never at the expense of people. Never. And And I feel like what we've done for so long in our Christian walk is we've held fast to principle and this season is all about God is trying to get to our hearts, you know. I said last week in worship to our church, the Lord will use whoever, he'll do it whenever, he'll do it however, and he'll take you through whatever to get to your heart. And and he wants to break through the part of your mind that is stopping him from getting to your heart. And a lot of the time, principle is what is stopping God from getting to what's really going on inside of us. Now, this could be prophetic principle. As a prophetic church, we can make a religious dogma out of fulfilling prophecy, so much to the point that we don't see what God sees, that we don't take and value what God values. God values a person's heart over everything, you know? And um, this is really, really um, kind of important when it comes to situations that we have with our brethren in Christ that are a little bit like, you know, striving in that sense of relationally. And we always want to throw in the principle. We always want to throw in the, you know, well, this is the right thing to do. Like, you know, but then what the Lord's been saying to me is, yeah, but in that moment, you don't want the right thing applied to you. You want someone to hear you out. You want someone to feel what you're feeling. You want empathy, what we talk about in Kingdom Emotions. And you want someone to just sit and listen and not have to coach you or teach you or try and give you a balanced answer. And the church is so busy trying to balance each other out, you know, because we're afraid that if we feel something out of the confines of what we consider, you know, holy, that God will get upset with us. But what I'm learning is that people that are engaged with their heart, they are not afraid to go to the nth degree and really expose everything that they're feeling with the Lord. And the perfect example of this is David, you know. I was teaching in our... um, uh, There was a couple that were... Um, counseling for premarital counseling. Everyone knows them in our talk culture, Brandon and Stephanie. And I was talking with Brandon, and you know, part of what I'm doing to get them ready for premarital counseling is we talk about the the sila in the Psalms. And one thing that's really important, and then I'll let Pastor Robin expound because this was her portal, but it's just a life experiencing that we've been going through. But in the Psalms, like we don't understand again studying Hebrew, you. You're finding now the power behind the way David writes, not just what he writes, but the way he writes, you know? And we don't understand, but if you read a psalm of David, like to the naked eye, it's just, it's nice. It's nice poetry, like, you know? But biblical scholars understand the form that David uses 
it's more than nice. It has a purpose. It has a creative prophetic purpose. And so I was reading a psalm recently because we're in that for our, you know, daily readings. And you're reading a psalm and David starts out with where he's at. So he starts out, you know, I feel abandoned. I feel like my enemy's against me. And, he, and line by line, he starts showing God where his heart is at. Now, I'm going to give you this picture. It's important because in Hebrew, the line connects to the next line which connects to the next line. Yeah, that's And there right. can be no gap between the lines. Yeah. Now, what that means prophetically is as David starts to unravel his heart, it is necessary, here I go, for him to make these outrageous statements that of what he feels from his heart so that he can connect to the next line. And about five lines down, he connects, 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 connects. And then he comes to a moment where he goes, Selah. And he goes, pause. He can't get to that pause without going through those five lines. And I think a lot of the time, our principle tells us, be still and know that I am God straight away. We just want to jump into the pause, but we don't realize that there's about five previous sentences that God is asking you to go on a heart journey because you've got to connect. So David says, you know, I, I feel like I'm abandoned. I feel like no one's with me. And then he goes, you know, my enemies rise up. David's got to get to that place where he starts talking about his enemies for him to get to the next line where he says, but you, oh God, you are a fortress about me. So what I'm learning like, psycho like in psychology is the principle would cut David short. That's right. And say, David, you shouldn't be feeling this. You know God's for you, not against you. You know, you know. But it's important because all of that self-expression is what gets him to the realisation of that Selah moment. And what I was telling Brandon um, and uh, Stephanie and what I was telling others who I've counselled is, see, we read it in one day. But we don't know. The Selah could have been 24 hours. It could have been 48 hours. It could have been a week because we just think David just wrote it all and then he went pause and then he starts writing again. No, 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 no. He had time to be a person. He sealed, he walked away. Then he came back and he got a new perspective. And, and he said, but you were God. And, so that's um, where we're coming from. I'd like to come from just a little bit of a different angle but showing again principle um, versus or oh, people burst or override principle, whatever you want to call it. But let's use uh, another example here of, say, rehashing a tragedy for a testimony. Is that a principle leading uh, conversation or is it a people? Leading conversation. Not the trick questions already. I don't because, know. Because we do. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's selfish, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's very much minus people. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's rehash what you just went through. And, uh, you know, a tragedy that you've been through. And let's turn it into a great testimony. 
um, you have to get through it first before it becomes a testimony. Okay? You have to get through it first. And we just tend to do that. And, you know, we talk about sort of like a sheep in wolf's clothing or wolf in sheep's clothing. Which one would that come under? Would that be uh, really doing something, uh, bringing forth awareness of something evil that good might come out of it? That is a principle-leading situation where we are not seeing the value and the worth for ourselves for that experience so that God can get us through it. Maybe then it can become a testimony. But to rehash it, just go past it, so that it can become some form of principle here. What you say on the same vein is is relating to people through this type of principle as well. Is that still kind of a principle lineage of a sense? For instance, you rehash your trauma to relate to other people. Well, you as relate. Well to the action of it, right. not even necessarily other people. It's minus other people. Right. It can be just the actual testimony. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it's what took place, mm -hmm. not so much someone involved in it, but more, okay. oh, well, I went through that, you know, I'm going to rehash all that bring all those up, and then I'm going to turn it into a principle rather than, hey, I got through that, you know, as a person. I was a person in that. I got through that and, uh, you know, then bringing in, well, a different attitude, a different way of looking at it, and not just saying, well, you know, let's use it as a testimony for you yeah. You could use it as a testimony, or I could use it as a testimony. Yeah, that's minus people. I think we so many times the Lord takes us through places where He puts us in challenging life situations to strip away the veneer that's been yeah. on the exterior of our hearts, and rather than testify about that, or rather than let that land and have weight, we always drive the testimony towards the doing, what God's done outside of me. Yeah. You know, oh, God provided. Like, you know, oh, God showed up. God gave me a job. Oh, oh God gave us a house. But yeah. I'm telling you, the testimony in this situation is not the fact that God has given us a house. The testimony in this situation is he's brought us to a place individually, both in that sense and as a family. And where, pastor. Where I we are more interested in each other's hearts than we are fulfilling a word. And, and the other part is when you rehash it and you, you see it tend to skip over it. Mm. So you never get to experience it. The actual thing that's eventually our attitude is we turn into a testimony maybe for someone else. But you can't turn it into a testimony until it's a testimony for you. 
Does anybody agree with that over there in Australia? Team, because it's getting already hot up here with these gems, can we please have the air conditioner on? It's really <laughs> hot under these lights. Matt, I, you wanted to add something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, is this kind of um, how we could... I know Job's been coming up a lot with yeah. um, what we've been learning as well. In a way, you can't use Job's, Job's um, chaos or tragedy that he went through as a principle because he still kind of didn't know why he went through it. So it's kind of like he went through it, but then he doesn't really know why he did, yeah. but God still got him through it. It's just... Like so, but what we've been a lot of people take Job, rehash it, mm -hmm. and then they move into making it a testimony in the end. Well, what was the point of it? <laughs> what this was the, the point of it? Still don't know. <laughs> yeah, what was the it's point like of it? I think we it. have to come back and see when we have something that is. Um, you know, happens that's cruel and what we might call cruel. What what do you call it then? Um, I had it written down because oh, I... the tragedy? The tragedy. We could stay with uh, that, but we have to get through it first. Mm. And it's always grabbed from us to become a testimony. And we do it. Yeah. We do it. And we never experience the true testimony of it, of getting through it. Yeah. Because we think, ah, that should become a testimony for someone else. And the whole experience causes it to become a principle yeah. rather than people. Yeah, and a principle is something that is so distant from you, connected to you. You know, like... Something that the Lord was challenging me with this whole situation was, you know, we teach on kingdom emotions and then the teaching that I'm using and teaching others, when it came to my family being in an emotional place, I had all the right answers. Yeah, yeah, principles. I could, you know, I, I, could, I could come in and be like, you know, you don't need to feel like that because just change your pictures, <laughs> you know. But you don't want to hear change your pictures when you feel like your world is falling apart. You know, I was getting myself to get ready a good slap. Like, you know what I mean? Come in and tell you, like, you're pouring out your heart to me and tell you, oh, well, it's okay, you know, because, you know, peace is knocking at your door and don't let it in. And, and that... Like, you know, yeah. the bouncer's there, Shania. You're going to bounce me straight out of that room. You know what I'm saying? And it, so, it's all principle. So what I had to come to this realisation is, and this helped me, God would rather handle my crazy emotion than my rigid religion. Amen. And I, I think that's something because when he gives us that crazy emotion, it creates a need for his voice. When I have an answer yeah. of how he's already wanting to move, yeah. that's religion. When I tell God how he wants to move and I predict to you, based on formula or principle, how he wants to move. But he moves differently in every situation. So when I came in and, you know, with Pastor Robin and she was sharing a heart and all of this, just this weight of what would happen with our house, in my head I'm thinking, I've got all these right answers. I can go into my book. I can pull out these things. And all the Lord said was, sit down, shut up and, and listen. Because that's all I'm interested in. This is not a teaching moment. This is a revealing moment. And this is not a correcting moment. This is the case. You know, 
when you um, bring up these things, you know, you bring these things up, they're not for you to be corrected. It's God wants to show you something to get you through something. And it, I'll go back and say it again and again. If it's not a testimony for you, it can't be a testimony for anyone else. Wow. And Pastor, I feel like, I feel like what we do is because of our understanding of who God is and our limitation with that relationship, it always comes back to abiding we always forget those in him yeah, realities. It's the, it's the abiding reality. You know, his life in us. Like we lose awareness of that in him reality and then we start to move back into performance. You know, and I was saying on the way down, something that I'm learning is that pain is going to be inevitable in our lives. I've said yeah. this before. Pain is going to be inevitable. You cannot show me any human being on the face of the earth and tell me that you'll never have pain. Because pain is a part of life. And, but and but go on. suffering is not. And our judgments, our preconceived ideas, that's what turns our pain into suffering. How I judge what you are doing or interpret it is totally different from what you're doing. But the judgment that I place is the glue that bonds me to continual suffering. And so... When I came in with these preconceived judgments, oh, well, this is how you need to react. This is how you need to, you know, respond. This is how you need to... And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I'm learning counselling. Like, you know, this is what God wants me to do. Like, he wants me to give you these, these gems. But he wasn't interested in that. Because, again, I was robbing him of the opportunity of writing the sentence to get to the next sentence. But I, I think what I need to bring up is uh, let's look at Jesus. Um, now, um, Jesus went exactly to the situation, but it wasn't a principle with him. He knew what the heart was about. We don't know what the heart's about, so we talk about it, but he talked to it. There's the difference. He talked to the situation. We talk about the situation. And see, that automatically turns it into a principle. Where's the person there? The person's going to get lost in that. They're going to be in pain. They're going to be hurting. Somebody please listen to me. You know, rather than, well... You know what you should be doing. That's a principle. And that overpowers people. And Pastor, you hit something there that we talk about in psychology. It's called getting thrown off by reaction rather than the subconscious language that's going on. Like in a situation, because I always bring it back to relation. You got to. Right? That's my forte. So in a situation, say there's, you know, let's talk about believers because the world is a different standard because they don't have the spirit of God. But in, there's a spirit of offense between two believers, right? And one believer feels offended because they're being maybe misused or they're being treated with less value than they believe that they should have. And another believer is acting out in a way that is very dramatic and reactive 
and comes across face value looking at it like rude, arrogant, doesn't care, doesn't feel invested into that person. What is required of the Holy Spirit, right? This is what's required. Both parties, but I say this, the person that's walking in more light is asked by the Lord to not apply a principle, but to care for the person. And that's where we say that a person's heart, you know, and and we apply these sort of situations when we talk to uh, each other about this and we'll say, well, we've been binding and loosing and uh, we've, you know, we've bound the devil up and there's no way the devil's moving in this situation anymore. And then you say, but things are still not working. You know, they're still not moving where they should be. Well, it's because you can't bind a person's heart, you see. Um, God speaks to the heart and, you know, and so therefore that's got to be a decision, a choice that they make. And so we've mixed up principle even with warfare. We've even mixed it up with warfare because warfare is to deal with the devil, not to deal with the person. And what I was saying is, see, in that moment, when we feel, uh, Pastor Wendell put it in a way once when he was sharing the sermon, he said, when you feel an injustice against you. Yes. This is what we're challenging tonight. What are you praying for? Are you praying for the principle of God to be applied so that the injustice that you feel can be met? Or can God get you to the place where you can see beyond the injustice and you can see what's going on in that person's heart? Because I keep coming back to this scripture. I've been talking to Pastor Tony about it all week. Jesus said, bless those who persecute you. Pray for your enemies. Turn the other cheek. Yeah. And I'm, I'm learning in my I'm like, how the heck do you turn the other cheek? Like, if you live via principle, you will never turn the other cheek. Turning the other cheek comes when the Holy Spirit can show you what's going on in them is the same thing that's going on in you. You're fighting the same battle. You're fighting the same insecurities. And then what he does is he woos you into an empathy, not a reaction. You come from a place of prayer differently. You don't come from a place of prayer like deal with them. You come from a place of prayer like, Lord, get to them. Like you got to me. See, we have a situation here where we've been dealing with an injustice yeah. for years. Yeah. And every time Pastor Tony would pray, uh, the, the Lord, it was like bound, warfare, prayer meetings, you know, agreement. Nothing changed, nothing moved. And Pastor Robin kept saying to him, maybe God is trying to get you to take on a burden for this person and their brokenness and not just the fact that they're breaking and you. And <laughs> the way they behave out of that situation is more important to God. My heart would be more important to God than the person that I've bound the demons in. I, there is no more demons, but their heart is still 
resisting and still cold. So who's God interested in? That person or me? Because that person might... Because your heart's beating. Sorry? Because your heart's beating. Yes. If their heart's cold. Be, because that person hasn't, mightn't even know God. They mightn't even know. And if they do know God, they're rebelling. So you deal with every demonic force, right? Then what are you going to do? You're going to ask God to give them godly sorrow and they don't even know him? Or they don't, they really haven't even really got saved? Or other things? He's trying to see how you handle it. It's your heart that he's interested in. He is not interested. But we, in turn, follow after the principle. They should know this. Yeah, they should know better than this. Right? Or, you know, being a non-believer... You can't deal with a person's heart. You can't channel a heart unless it wants to be channeled, unless it's ready to be channeled. Otherwise, that's God overpowering a person's will. So we go on and we use these things, these principles, you know, and we forget people. You can hit that one. Pastor Natalie has just gone because JL <laughs> is sitting right there. She loves portals, by the way. She's in. <laughs> She'd come on. And you can bring her on. It's people, not principle. <laughs> and, um, oh, she's not happy. It's too bright up here, JL. Oh. <laughs> This is something that the Lord's been challenging us with to do with this house process. God is more interested in the heart of us than the heart of the person that we thought was standing in the way, you know. And he'll, like I said, he, he used this whole thing to get down deep into something that we weren't acknowledging from our hearts, you know. And our heart has been knocking on the door trying to say, this is something that needs to be acknowledged. This is something that needs to be addressed. And because of busyness, because of ministry, because of just doing life the way we've done it for so long, we've fallen into that pattern of, And you know, it's minus, it's minus compassion. This is it. It's minus um, empathy. You understand? I don't want people's sympathy. But you want empathy because empathy walks along with you. Sympathy just pats you on the back and tells you, I know what you're going through. That doesn't help anyone. That doesn't help anyone. So we have definitely here to do with uh, in the church these days, we're getting so caught up in the principle that we're forgetting people. And people's lives. And, you know, sometimes the people's lives are not good. They're really not good. But how are we going to handle that? You know, I don't want people to handle me with principles. 
I want them to handle me as a person and I need to handle people as a person and not just a principle of uh, Christianity. Well, this is the right way to do it. You were going to mention something? She wants to mention something? <laughs> do you have anything yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, through this whole process, like what um, Pastor Nate was saying, um, there are so many things you can lay out. and Because we've been, we've been taught so much how many principles we've learned get to get Sonia. through this, to get like, you know, hang on, you know, God's going to come through, he's faithful, all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, when, um, Pastor, when you were, like, you know, going through your time, you already know all this stuff. Yeah. Why do I say this to you again? It does. It's like Pastor already knows she's lived a whole life of God being faithful. I'd God's ne- doing I'd this never and God's been. doing that. I, I don't it. need to tell her that, but she she has to work out. Oh, here we Pastor are. You Sojo. can babysit. Auntie Sonia. Here you go. Sorry. And Thank here's you. her little dummy. <laughs> Fake it. Karen will show you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't need to teach Pastor those things she already knows. Why? Like it's almost like an offense, but it's like the Lord, the Lord wants to hear her heart instead. What she's going through, like even Jesus when he's going to the cross, he knew what he had to do, but he was still like, "Do I have to do it, God?" At that time, it was like, "Do I have to do it?" But then he's like, "I sur." He still had to go through his process of. I don't feel like this right now, but he but he had to lay that out before the Lord. But then he still knew in the end he's going to carry through the Lord's, you know, God's will for him. Because, and to me, what I'm seeing is God knows pastor's heart. God knew Jesus's heart. It was it was like if your heart is set on on doing and believing what the Lord's will is, you can go through all your emotions and stuff because the Lord is going to get to you anyway because your heart is already set that way. Yeah, but you may not it's feel your it, heart that he's God's interested gonna, yeah, in. Yeah, it's the heart. If the heart's not there, that's the scary place. It's definitely your heart that he's interested in and how you're going to respond or react to the situation. I found that that really helped me when you told me that because, again, like seeing so much, you know, emotion from a strong spiritual character such as pastor robin um i move into what but hang on you know how to deal with this like and we all do that like what you know but then nally came into me and she said she said but your mom is gonna she's gonna do god's will no matter what you know that but what is god more interested in the fact that she can pour her heart out to him or the fact that she keeps the lid on it to impress him. Let me give you with a revelation. That you know, like, and that really hit me because uh, Natalie, that's why when Natalie said to me, you know, the wisdom of my wife, she said, So you saying all this stuff at the, in the moment, all the right things to do, and, you know, reminding her of all her teaching, or, you know, unless the spirit breathes on it, there's no life. And the spirit's not breathing on it in that moment. The spirit's breathing on you, listening to what the spirit is revealing through her because he's moved her into that place to get to that place where she's so vulnerable with him that it's like we've said it's only his responsibility to do the next step but let me give you a bit of a revelation you mentioned uh well you know you know that god is going to get her or anyone to do their will right but 
we're going to think about this. Is that what God is bringing out in this? Is he bringing out that to, to surrender and do his will? Or is there a, a chance that he could be bringing out that I want to do for you? And so that changes. Hang on a minute. Aren't you trying to correct me? Isn't that the principle that I should get right now or you should get right now? But God is saying, no, I, I would rather you learn that I want to do it for you. Not just want to do it, but want to do it for you. Then it becomes people that if he's just doing it to teach you something, then it's just a principle here. And principles have no life in them. No life at all. And no emotion. Nothing. We keep saying it's about the emotion. You know, I said to Pastor Robin when we did just sit down and talk, and she's been using it because the Holy Spirit's breathed on it. So I was like, wow, okay, that's something that I said that was the right thing to say at the right time. You know, I said to Pastor Robin, you know, when you get into an aeroplane and the safety guard goes is. up the front and they do the safety demonstration, they tell you, even if the plane is doing an emergency landing and about to crash, that's what if the oxygen mask drop from the ceiling... It's for you. You yeah. could be with a small child. You could be with someone like JL. And they tell you, put it on, put you it on first. yourself first before you put it on others. But and we don't do that as believers. And that's where I came out, Sydney. I, I came out with the situation. And my challenge is to every single one of you, who would you put it on first? Of course you would put it on your child or some little one. Because that's the way we think. But if we did that in the natural, we would run out of oxygen. Who's going to look after the child? Get it on the child, then get it on yourself. No, it's not the way it works. Get it on yourself first so that you can get it on your child. And that's what God's trying to show us. I'm, rather than saying you learn this principle, right? See that I want you to see I want to do it for you first and then you can do it for others. And that's why you talk about the tragedy becoming a testimony for someone else first. Oh, God did this. Let me put this mask on you for yeah, your life look, so you can see that God is so good. And, you know, he's a provider and he's a protector and you don't even remember that he's a provider or a protector. And, you know, and then you have to go through another trial, another place where he puts you in that corner to say, uh, who are you going to put it on first? So this is bringing people to a personal Lord and uh, my teaching about, uh, you know, abiding in Christ, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, we're still working in that religious mindset. Uh, people are breaking principles here. They're breaking principles in the kingdom. What about the people? What about the people? Not just the principle being broken, but that person's broken too. And, 
you know, even the person manifesting, even if someone was a Christian and they were manifesting, God's more interested in their heart than even the principle. Oh, well, they should do this. I should do this. They should do this. Now, God says, put this mask on you first and not just to save your life, but so that you can put it on someone else. It, it was really interesting. Can I just say quickly to piggyback off what this is where now this is where the, the line is drawn. Because people could say to the opposite end, well, then I'm just going to let the Lord be interested in my heart. I'm just going to. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> when the statement of your heart is look at me. Yeah. God will reveal your heart and he'll be interested in your heart. Yeah. When the statement of your heart is look at them. Yeah, look at them. He won't talk to you about that. He won't. It's a legal territory because you've got to put the mask on you for you, meaning yeah, the good things right. and, and the, the bad, bad things. Yeah. Because there's some things in there that have been stopping your oxygen. But know? again, Pastor, it goes back to what I said, you know, bringing up something in your Pastor. Again, the word was I'm rehashing, rehashing it. For a testimony, your tragedy? No, God's interested in your tragedy. Do you understand? That's He wants you first to receive the healing. Yeah, wow. He wants you to receive the healing first. Then you can use it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then you can use it. But you need, don't bypass it, don't skip over it because you're missing something that God wants to show himself real to you in. Even in this tragedy, he wants to show something. Even in this trial, he, he doesn't want to judge you. He wants to show you something better. When you put that on, you see it first and then you can help the others. And, you know, we're talking about this from a, from a place where people can understand biblically. Um, it's in Matthew, uh, it's in Matthew 9. No, Matthew, sorry, 12, verse 9. And I'll just quickly read it so we can give a little biblical context. He says here, Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? So here's the first step. You will find that using principle will not lead to anything but accusation. All right? The principle of the right thing to do. You know, well, the principle says it's the Sabbath, Jesus, and the law of Moses says that you can't do anything on the Sabbath. And they use that to accuse yeah. him. Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more, here's the word, value, value. is a man to you than a sheep. Yeah. So and a sheep would represent the principle. This is it. And Pastor, the, the power of that text is that the Pharisees were, you know, they were really, really liars. Because the law said that you could help someone on the Sabbath 
but it had to be to the point of death before you could intervene and step in. So Jesus is saying, do you care that much more about a man, a sheep, than a man, that if a sheep falls into a pit and is about to die, you would run to, to help that sheep because you don't want to lose your livestock because it means something to you. Yeah. But if a man's at the point of death, you would rather say, no, 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 sorry, it's the Sabbath. It's not time for healing. So he's saying, what, what do you value more, a person or a principle? You know, and that's kind of like what we're basically talking giving about. So to maybe do. talk to the people about this. Yeah, the same thing. That's what he's saying. He's saying, where is your value? We've been saying that word, you value. know, more than appreciation, value. Like, where is your value with people? I'm and learning to value people yeah. more than the right thing to do. I'm learning to value people. And my wife is helping me in this because having the right answers, having the right things to say, even having the right, oh, the Holy Spirit showed me this. There are moments where there's, that is not time. You just need to sit and hear people out. And the Holy Spirit might show you when you're listening an unlocking of their heart that you've never experienced before. You know, and before all your talking, just master it. You know, and I've, I'm really sitting down as a family, not just Pastor Robin, all of us with this trial, we sat down two Saturdays ago and we just really poured our hearts out. And it just got us to a place where we haven't been like that as a family before. Like unity-wise, we were all in one mind because we didn't try to teach each other in the moment. We just said, what's more important? what the person is actually saying That's very good. for them, yeah. you know, as a person. And so God doesn't want us to bypass anything. He's, he's doing something for us. And we just want to hand it over to become a principle or a testimony of teaching of something. And, and uh, we miss out, totally miss out. But when we behave like that with others, they miss out. So it's not a teaching moment. It's a, it's a receiving moment. It's receiving, but it's not receiving what we think we're receiving. Uh, judgment or, you know, uh, teaching about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. That... That's not the way the Lord ever did that. Never did it like that. And even when he said, go and sin no more, do I condemn you? Go and sin no more. So that never became a principle with God when the Lord was speaking to the woman, when he was speaking to his disciple, different people that he was speaking to, yeah. he never made it a principle. He made it a lifestyle, but not a principle. You understand that? Wow, you've got tears in your eyes. Oh, my. It's setting her free. It's setting her free, guys. Hallelujah. Shania is being set free. She's weeping. I think wow. another another instance, Pastor, where... Oh, thank you, Director Jonathan. Wow. I think another instance, you. you know, um, that the Lord used, Pastor Robin, he used Zeke today. 
Yeah. Zeke stole my Amazon remote like he does, <laughs> climbed up on my bed and put on Superbook. And he knows the exact episode that he wants to watch. And he knows the exact point that he wants to watch. And he didn't know, but funny enough, I'm writing a paper for my final, you know, kind of dissertation on Kingdom Emotions. And it's all about how God looks at the heart. And in my paper, I'm talking about how when Samuel goes to anoint David, you know, there's a lot more in that exchange going on because Samuel goes via principle of who to choose. Well, he looks like a king. He smells like a king. He's tall like a king. And God was trying to tell Samuel, it was your principle that told you about, your, you know, that got you attracted to Saul in the first place. And look at what Saul did with my, with my yeah, people. Yeah, look what he did. You know, so I'm not going via your principles of what a king should look like anymore, Sam. We're going via the heart. Yeah. And I can see into David's heart and I can see 20 years in the future yeah. the person that he's going to be. That's you know, right. and it's in him right now. But Zeke, he fast-forwarded right to the moment where Samuel is anointing David. And I just, I just looked at it and I'm like, wow. Like, principle would be like, Zeke, give me the remote. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit said, Nathan, learn something. learn something from your son right now. <laughs> be interested in people. And I looked at Zeke and I was like, Zeke, that's exactly what Daddy's riding on. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't get it. But... It was like it was a Holy Spirit moment because when I saw with Superbook, again, the Lord said, man looks at the outward appearance, yeah. but God looks at the heart. And God saw in David's heart the value of who he would be, even at that young stage. Yeah. You know? And Samuel couldn't see that because he was going via, well, you don't look like a king. You don't fit all the, the boxes. And I think that I have fallen into that many times where I've allowed principle to mask my prophetic discernment. And I'm learning prophetic discernment is actually more discerning the heart of a person. And that is a big thing, a challenge to me. Not the obedience of a person, but the heart of a person. And uh, I want to bring another uh, understanding of it because we've been talking about worldly uh, you know, worldview, yep. our worldview to do with, uh, and I think we get caught up bringing the principle out. So please listen to me because this is really important. And Pastor will bring you out uh, different age groups, give you different worldviews. And we tend to think our worldview. And we turn it into a principle yeah. for someone else as turning it into a principle for ourselves. Go through the different uh, levels of uh, worldviews, please. Yeah, so, and what I mean by worldview is like understanding it from like a kind of like a, a psychoanalytical way is there is a change that happens when your brain, meaning the age of your brain, goes through ageing. You know, and it's not just a spiritual thing, like a like a spiritual concept that kicks in. No, the older your brain gets, the more it becomes mature in its perception of life. So from zero to 20, you know, that, that first 20 years, you are establishing what you will live out of. 
So you're learning about life, you're learning about love, you're learning about your relationships, you're learning about yourself, you're learning about work, you're learning about responsibility. This so is it. you get to about 21 and then from 21 till about, you know, uh, 40, even up to 50, what happens is, is your worldview becomes this place because that's a good generation of about 40 years. So we're talking in the lifespan of maybe like, you know, a generation... Usual generation today is anywhere from zero to about 85, zero to 90. That's a good lifespan, according to data, well, right? Well, that's, that's what it should be. Yeah, that's a good lifespan. Yeah. Like, you know, if you live to 90, that's a good, a good lifespan, right? Mm. But the first 20 years, you're taking in, science says, you're taking in information. You're taking in information and you're, 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 you're creating a worldview. That's why the childhood years are so important. And that's why the enemy wants to get you in your childhood. Because if he can get you in your childhood, he's got you for the rest of your life. Yeah. He's, he's marred your worldview. And now that worldview will be the programming worldview that you will live out of. So from 21 to about 40, sometimes even 50, sometimes even 60, depending on the maturity of the brain, the worldview changes. Yeah. And you move into this place where now I've learnt about life now, I don't just want to learn about it. I want to experience what I've learned. So I'm going to do everything that I need to to find my identity in what I've learned. So this is where, like, we call them the power years, where you want to make the most money, you want to get married, you want to build a family, you want to build a business, you want to get a career, you know, you want to have a destiny, because these are the years where your brain is saying, I'm going to find my identity. I'm going to find who I am in what I've learned. Now, at about 60 to 80 and beyond, the worldview changes. You don't look for identity in fulfilling experiences anymore because at that point, your brain has gotten to the place where it says, I've lived these experiences, I've experienced the job, I've experienced the family, I've experienced the money, I've experienced the love, and now I'm going to look at what I've learnt, lived, and I'm going to assess yeah. whether or not my life has produced the investment and the fruit that I wanted it to bear. So that's why a lot of like people, 60 plus, they look back and they think, well, if I would have made this choice, I could have lived this way. And they have that mindset. It's like, it's not a retirement mindset, but they say you go into retirement and you sit back and you think about all the things that you've lived, what you could have done better, what you, you, what you didn't and do. And you think about the, what the things you have done. And the things that you have done and how it's produced fruit and yeah. it's investment. But I was saying to Pastor, like, this is really important because... Because this ties in we're all with at different we're going and stages. principles yeah. and not seeing and, and valuing a person's worldview. Like, I'll just give an example. Very good. How it works is I'm an assistant pastor here. Pastor Robin is the senior pastor. I'm involved in a lot of the counselling sessions, right? I've counselled you. I counsel a lot of people. I'm on the same plane as you as worldview right now. So I'm in that space where, just like you, I'm looking for identity from what I have learnt. I'm finding myself. I'm finding who I am as a man, as a father, as a husband, you know, as a believer, as a minister. So I'm not at that space. My brain is not matured to that place yet where I look from a different worldview. Pastor Robin is not where I'm at. No. She's at a different worldview. She looks at our decisions and our 
life, what we would consider major life events, and she comes from the place of, well, I've already lived that. I've got the T-shirt to prove it. Yeah. Here's what I learnt from it. Here's where I learnt to invest. Here's where I learnt to hold back. Here's where I learnt to trust. And so, you know, I, by myself, would not be a good minister to just give you counsel alone. Because, because I'm in that space of being where you're at, I can tend to sympathise with where you're at too much. And so my counsel is more what, where I'm meeting you where you're at because I'm on that same plane. Her counsel is more I need to pull you out of where you're at and get you to come higher. That's why Pastor Robin's counsel, anyone who's in talk will attest to this, she does not sympathise with where you're at. She pulls you out from your worldview and she says, right, Let's take a look at the bigger picture, right? Now, what I said to Pastor Robin, again, through studying a lot of data and a lot of what's going wrong in young pastors, yeah. too many young pastors are pastoring churches that they're in the same worldview as the congregants that they're pastoring. And, and, so, and there's no maturity. And so what's coming forward, Shania, is a lot of principles. This is it. See? So you've got to have these different worldviews that bring, um, bring maturity and they bring God's blessing, they bring his understanding. And um, you need all those different worldviews. Otherwise, you start living on principle and not living as people. And again, biblically, this is called the generation exchange. I always say this. Samuel could hear the voice of God. Yeah. He, had the, he had the drive. He had the passion. He had the youth. But he didn't know what to do with what he heard. It was only Eli, different worldview, who could say, right, I know this voice. I've heard it many, many times. When it comes and says, you know, and it speaks to you, this is what you say to get the next response. So it's kind of like crazy to me, this dynamic team that we have, and our church is full of different ages and worldviews. And they actually say you would know how healthy a church is by the amount of vastness of generations that's in it. Yeah. If it's too much youth, it's not a healthy church. If it's too much older people or wiser generation, it's not a healthy church. There has to be an exchange, a continual exchange of different worldviews coming so that the body can sharpen the body. So... You know? Again, you know, um, this this is so important because you will end up, if you don't value people's worldviews, if you don't value their age, okay, if you're young and old, if you don't value their age, then you will just live on principle and you will not be able to be a people's person. Very, very true. And being transparent, you know. So what, just let me ask Sydney, what do you think? Give us the thumbs up if you're getting what we're saying. For the Good on online, you guys. Yeah. Sydney's giving us a thumbs up. Carry on. I just wanted and, to see and, if they're awake. <laughs> you know, and this will help Sydney because for people like, you know, I was sitting with Pastor Robin and, you know, 
she's gone through her own struggle where she hasn't valued her maturity. And I was saying to her, you know, and she was saying, you know, these people, like, you know, they're young, like, they need someone. I'm saying, no. I said, Pastor, like, you don't understand. Your worldview is what keeps us from being a selfish church. Because if I was the person leading without that worldview, I would, I would be facing the same pressures that you face and I would approach it from a different perspective of gaining identity. You know, like I would tell you, yeah, go to that thing because, you know, you need to prove to them who you are. But she says, you don't need to prove to them who you are. Let them come to you, you know. And so we need that because, one, that shows her the value in who God has made her to use her for such a time as this now. Because her question has been like, well, why would you use me like this now? Why not before? Well, because your brain was I'm not mature sure, enough. I'm sure there are a lot of before. You know, uh, people in Sydney that feel this. You know, and um, even to do with calls, we fall back on principle because we're not understanding how God is has made us and what He's wanting at different levels of our life to be involved in and how to think at different levels of our life. And so we always, so I want to talk about principle, not to condemn, but to say don't revert to a principle. Get the understanding of how God's made you. Put that mask on. Get that first and then you're able to help others. And Pastor, what you said you, this is really helpful for Sydney, especially because some people will be feeling like, why didn't my call take off earlier? Yeah. Like, why is God only just speaking into destiny prophecies now? Like, you know, like, why didn't I live this when I was 20 years old? And there's a simple answer because your worldview was not at a place where the main thing was the main thing. Yeah. You know, your worldview was at a place where maybe you were still trying to gain too much identity. And if you had been put up against high places and altars, you might have bowed down. Yeah. But now you're in a place where you look and you say, no, 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 no. I've seen the fruit. That doesn't bear fruit. That's not worth my time or investment. I know who I am. And so now I can be used by the Holy Spirit to go into that place because my worldview, fused with his worldview, is a secure is. space. You know what I'm saying? Because we go, well, why am I only being used in my 40s right now? I've heard people in our church say that. And, you know? and look, I wanted to bring it up because also with, say, um, let's look at Alex, young Alex. He totally thinks differently than you do. And, you know, if we just try to... Sh- bring our worldview onto him. He's a young teenager. Do you understand? And you think differently. But he he's starting to build something now. But to turn around and say, well, he should think like this and then shove principles on him all the time to behave himself, yeah, it's going to rob him of who he is. It, it really is. So there it is. 
Can I um, use Zeke as an example? Please. Yeah. Zeke is our, is our prophetic child. Um, Just one thing. Okay. If you're a teacher, like you guys are teaching, you need to get this and you need to get it strongly that they're not going to understand the way you understand. And you need to find out what they understand and work with them there. And as pastors, you need to do the same. Okay. Yeah, and that fulfills, Paul said, you become all things, things to, to all, all men. men. Yeah. yeah. We, um, we've been doing our classes with Christina um, for Zeke like every week and she had like... Um, Shout out to Christina. Thank you. <laughs> she had um, papers for us to read like on like how to teach kids to speak like throughout, you know, throughout the week. Um, I, I left it alone because I don't want to looking in, into all this stuff. But mum said to me, she's like, you need to read over that information that she gave you. And I'm like, it's kind of scary for me, but I read it. And um, a lot of the stuff that they say to do, I wasn't doing. A lot of stuff to say not to do, I was doing. Blah, blah, blah. So it helped me, like, get a bit of clarity. It scared me too, but that was fine. But one thing that did help me was they said, if he's only at a point of saying a word and it's not the right way to say it, still talk to him in a way that that is where he's at. So and don't keep correcting him on principle here, you know. The yeah. principle you should be you, you, pronouncing the word correctly and such. Yeah, like he says, like I say, Ziki, say daddy. And he says the second syllable. So he goes, di. <laughs> and my instinct is to go, no, but, but say daddy. In all fairness, he can say daddy, but he, yeah. he won't do it because you tell him yeah. to do it. But they said the way to encourage him to go even further is to actually meet him where he's at, affirm that, and then he tends to explore more of what you're saying in a way. So if he can only say daddy or like D, D. and then it's like, yeah, that's right, you said daddy. Yeah. So it's and then so when you talk to him, don't... Um, don't try to enforce all of your language onto him because it's going to be blah, blah, blah to him. Yeah. But if you if you talk to him in at his way, then he understands and gets encouraged to move even further forward because he's a. And that's what it. we do in our interactions with people. Like what Natalie just said, don't force him. When someone is being like Zeke, you know, in that emotive state, expressing what they feel, we say, no, say daddy or say it like this so you can get God's ear. But that's not going to get no, God's ear. Not. God's more interested in you exploring how you say it. Yeah. Because you'll come to the realisation of how to get his ear and his heart as you say it. Because yeah. what happened even with our house, as a larger example, when Pastor was able to express her full heart, because we were going so hard, especially me and Nate, for this other house, the first one that we were going through for. And yeah. we're like, this, make, yeah. this ticks all the boxes, this does everything, it's going to work, we stick to our principles, we're going to get it, trust God. But Pastor's like, her heart was like being pulled away from it because the torture from it was not... Well, it, it was me being it. the tail and not yeah, the Yeah, exactly. But it was the very... Her heart what saying led us to this other house. And it was the very thing, her, her heart being pulled away from it was the very thing that saved us yes. from being misused to the point where we would have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, all the time we were, we were pushing principle. No, this is what God said. This lined up. This lined up. This going to work. You know, work. and pastor just kept going, no, I just can't. She couldn't. I just can't gel with it. with it. You know, and again, if we had been more 
leaning into hearing her heart rather than enforcing the principle. Yeah. You know, and the Lord kept using her as a person to bring us back to what he was doing. And he was using all of that. I say this too. I said this to Pastor Robin. The difference in age is really, really important because God will use a worldview when he wants to use it, but then he won't He won't be in you using it no. when you want to use it. And the perfect example there is Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was 10 years senior to Sarah. Yeah. Sarah was in a different worldview to Abraham. That's right. When she said, look, Abe, it ain't happening. Take my maidservant and have a child with her because, look, things are happening here. I'm getting old. Time's running out. Yep. God was not in that worldview. That was the worldview that created an Ishmael. But then when Sarah says to Abraham, take this, you know, bondwoman and her son and tell her to leave, God says, listen to your wife. Her counsel is from me. So there's, there's two types there where your worldview when it's limited by your own inadequacy and your own insecurity, God will not use it to be an interjecting thought, to bring someone out into a greater worldview. But when it's in line with his spirit for protection or to see something, like Sarah, take this bond woman and get out, God will say, right, well, you need to listen to this younger woman. Right now your wife has the wisdom that I've been trying to get to you, but your heart strings are too involved. So you need a different worldview disconnected from you to bring my clarity into this situation. So I just wanted to throw that in because we can use both examples. Abraham had a good worldview. He wanted his son. He was in that place where, hang on, I've just had this son Ishmael and now I want to spend time with him and I want to, you know, teach him and let him glean from me. And, you know, he's in that place where I want to see what I've born show fruit. But Sarah was in that place where, no, I can see he's going to compete with the promised son. Yeah. So, yeah. She, so he needed that interjection of her worldview in that moment. But yet God didn't like her immature worldview when she said, time's running out, it ain't happening, we're wasting away, just hurry up and make it happen. And that's what we do as youth, you know. We say the younger generation, just hurry up and make it happen. We're not ready to wait, you know. And even with this house, I just wanted to hurry up and make it happen. And Pastor Robin just kept saying, no, I can't click with this. Something's off. Something's off. I'm like, what do you mean something's off? The bank's done this. It's all happening. And then bit by bit, it just started getting more delayed and, and more, frustrating. And also more... Um more involved with witchcraft, you know, like we. Be, I definitely became the tail. But in, I think what I wanted to bring out in that is if you continually live on the principle all the time, you'll always be the tail. See, God is not interested in principle as much as he's interested in people. There it is. Come on, Natalie, add something. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, because, um, yeah, principle, uh, as the Holy Spirit does, he's always, you know, the Holy Spirit's always, like, challenging us. So sometimes that principle could be dead by the time you reach someone else's life. So <laughs> Say that again. That needs to be said. Uh, just, yeah, that principle could be dead by the time someone else Woo. is reaching the same thing. So, yeah. I mean, we always learn that in abiding yeah. in Christ. It's yeah. always, the yeah. Lord's always expanding. It's always changing. Yeah, let by the time I get from here to there, <laughs> what I live by could be dead to God. Yeah, very dead to God. <laughs> dead matter. Because uh, it's all about people, isn't it? It's not about principle. It's all about people. Um, you know, and so if we continue to live by principle, death will come as a result of it, spiritual death. Because it, it's all tied up with religion, you know. And people are what Jesus kept going after. Yep. He never went after the principle. And again, I want to bring in scriptural backing here. The Jews that. believed in the power of 100, right? So when he says you forsake the 99 to go after the one, that was like beyond their thought. Because their culture taught them if you have a hundred, you have a blessing. So you would rather stick with the 99, the principle of being with the 99, and let that one go because you're closer to a hundred. That's, that's what they believe. That's what Jewish culture teaches. There's a blessing when you have a hundred of something, a hundred sheep, a hundred this, a hundred that. There's a special blessing that, that's released. So Jesus comes along and he says, no, 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 no. Forsake your 99, the thing that you think is going to give you power, and go after just the one. Leave that there. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, what you think has value, leave. Yeah. And go after what I say has value, the one. And I think, again, like, we look at ourselves and we do that. We, we would say, no, 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 this has more value. This is the principle of where I apply more value to this. This has more value in my eyes. This, this situation will, in my eyes, produce, you know, more value. So I'm going to put my energy and my time here. But unless the Holy Spirit is there, you know, what you value will become valueless to God. And, and the word, here's the word that we should look at, a word like value. You see, in principles, there is no value, just rules. And law. But in people, there is value. Yeah, that's right. So we, we have to see this, how important it is. And especially in these last days, the church has to live more for people than for principles. Otherwise, we're going to lose a lot of people to the kingdom of Satan. Yeah. Because Satan's more interested in people. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And that's what we see happening right now in New York City. We're in that, you know, I hate saying this, but we're in Pride Month, right? And there's this false, there's this false, like, lie that this kind of lifestyle is more interested in you finding the real you. That's what they keep saying. I found the real me. Because deep down, we're all crying out to find the real us. And because we've been living by a principle for so long, we haven't engaged with who we really are. You know, so when someone 
comes out, as they say, the first thing they say is, oh, for the first time, I found who I really am. And that's a, that's a spiritual concept that the enemy has taken and perverted. God wants to show you, not via principle, but via his heart and your heart intertwining who you really are in him. You know, and he wants to show you there's that freedom and expression. You don't have to live via that principle. But we've got people on outside right now walking around New York City. Oh, this is the real me. And they find value in that because they get rid away from the I'm going to I'm going to say it. They get away from the principle of being straight. Right? If you're straight, then everything's good. And they go, "No, no, but something in me, we know it's demonic, doesn't gel with that." So the enemy's taking it and he's saying, I'm interested in who you are. I'm interested in giving you yes, an expression. But, but the enemy's only interested in you when you are applying principles. He is not interested in you when you're, when you're wanting to be valued. Because value is such an important word. First and foremost... For you, remember I said put it on the mask, then you can put it on others. For you first, then others. You see? So you need to see it's not just about valuing God. It's about God valuing you. You get what I'm saying here? It's very important. The word value is probably one of the most important words that God, as the Holy Spirit's working with right now, uh, to do with valuing age, valuing people, all sorts of different things that we, right up until now, probably didn't associate with God and, and us. We've, we definitely associated with God, for us, for God, valuing him. But we wouldn't have even thought about God valuing us. Mm. And wow. this is why we have to talk about uh, not living by principle and principles anymore, but living by people, loving people, valuing Valuing ourselves, valuing God, valuing, even valuing God, valuing us. But this is going to be a hard thing. And you know why it's going to be a hard thing? Because we don't understand how God made us. He made us, and what Pastor has shared about the brain and about the worldview, especially as a Christian. We really need to listen to this because it's one of the keys as to why people do what they do, especially Christians, why they do what they do. And we throw principles on them all the time to get them to behave themselves. But we need to work with them undering understanding where they're at. Do you know Jesus meets us where we're at? Yeah, he, I love what he said. You taught oh. this in, um, we taught this, we talked about this. Peter's just denied him three yeah. times. He rebuilds the scene. 
And then Peter wants to go back to his principle. You know, but there's and he says, all the disciples there. And he They're says to him, there. Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, like, you know, Lord, you know who I say you are. Like, you know, you're the, you're the son of God. You're the Christ. Like, you know, okay, well, feed my lambs. Yeah, it goes saying, through the yeah. different levels. And, and you know, we, we know the different, the, in the Greek words, like, you know, he says, but what I love about that is, you know, he says, Lord, you know that I, you know that I love you on this level. You know yeah. that I filio you, right? Like I, a brother. Like I'm not, I'm not at agape. I just denied you. I've got to get over what, I'm still dealing with the yeah, guilt. Yeah, yeah, I'm still dealing and, with and it. And what I love in that text is that Jesus doesn't bring him up so say, no, you're not, you shouldn't be feeling this. You should be at agape principle. Come on. He comes out, he says, right, Peter. Okay. Let's you, meet you. If you're at Filio, first. I'll meet you at Filio. He says, right, if you Filio me, then go and feed my sheep. Mm. And it was that very thing of Jesus valuing Taking Peter and bringing, coming down and saying, right, well, let's I understand. Let's work through these levels. Yeah, let's go through it together. I'll meet you where you're at. As long as you don't stay in self-pity. And so let me say, we don't think like that. We don't think like that. We, we think we've got to get up there where he's at. Okay. Uh, he will come down to where we are. Not our experience. He's not coming down to our experience. He'll come down to where we are to take us where he is. You get that? But we don't think that way. No. Because we don't think that way. We don't think... That's right. We don't think that way for others. Yeah, we don't think he'll do it for other people that way. But we don't think for others. Yeah, we others. don't come down to meet them where they're at so that no. they can come up to my, where, where we he might is. be at. Yeah. Or where he's at. We expect them to come up straight away. I've done that so many times. Oh, look, we all Serious. have. We all I've have. I've done that so many times. And, where and because of it, uh, maybe we need to do some repenting of it just to say, Lord, uh, not that, oh, gee, I can never get out of this. But now I'm beginning to understand how it do why it doesn't work with young people, why it doesn't work with certain mindsets and so on. And this is destroying me, but it's also destroying others. So I've decided that I'm going to put that mask on first and get all that he wants for me so that I'm ready to help others. But don't just stay at getting it all for yourself. You're getting it on also for, so that you can be there for others as well, you see? So we've got to watch that one as well because I'm not going to do anything now. It's going to be all for me. No, that's just exposing your heart. Yeah. <laughs> And it won't take long before it gets exposed by the Holy Spirit, I can tell you. So before we go, Pastor, John, if you could just bring up a picture of a cross. I just want to show you something that will solidify everything we've talked about. Uh, the, the vertical and the horizontal. Yeah, and I want to show you something that's really important, which, um, you know, the Lord pointed out to me in learning so much. I've never learned so much about the heart and its value to the Lord, you know. Just bringing up a picture of a cross, if I had a laser pointer, I would. 
Maybe a little bit bigger if you could, so we can see the beams. They've got to be able to see it. And maybe Shanae, because I can't, because I'm kind of stuck in the studio chair. If you could just get up. And I just want you to, I want you to draw a line from the bottom of the beam to the top of the beam. Just give you a visual. All right, draw a line with your finger. Keep drawing a line. Okay. Now I want you to draw a line from the right or the left to the right. Now, when Jesus was on the cross, his head, his feet, his arms, what was the intersection of where vertical met horizontal? Right there where his heart was. Yes. That yes. is what he is more interested in yes. than anything. Where vertical meets horizontal. We as religious Christians think he's interested in the hands, what we do. That's right. The outside bits, the feet, the head, how we think. Where we go. But he's more interested in just put your, oh, just yeah, right here. Where have a look heart, at that. Everybody sitting there, have was, a look at this. That is where he is interested. That's where heaven meets earth. That's where two worlds collide. That's where God comes to people. People yep. come to people through that horizontal beam. People come to God. That's where all those interchanges of relationship happen. It doesn't happen through your hands, through yep. what you do for him, what you touch, what you can make for him, what you can perform into That's for it. him. There it doesn't it happen in your pathway. It happens right there where your heart is located. If you were on the cross right now, put your hands out, put you up there, your head would be out there. That's the right. place of intersection is here. And that's, that's why he's more interested in people And that's why it's a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. This is it. He will speak to your heart and your heart will get your head in line. I'm telling you now... Um, if we start to see this, and this is what God is saying, and I say this to you, Shania, if you and I and Nate and everyone else start to see this, the church will start to open up to people and people will get saved. Because God is interested in people, not principles. Wow. I think we're done. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, guys, um, we're really glad that we were able to share this portal. So I know it's different. But I want you to go home and I want you to think about it. And if you still have the understanding to put the mask on someone else, then ask the Lord to show you there's a better way. There's a much better way that um, God wants you 
to experience it first. Then you'll be ready to help others experience it. And uh, I would ask Sydney not to live by principles, that you would uh, live, as we said, vertically and horizontally, first for God and then for people. And, and if I can, I know you're going to have the final word, Pastor, but I would, I would say realise the value of your heart to God. Yeah. Like I'm learning this. The word. The, the value, word value is becoming a very important word. The value of our hearts to God, that's where two worlds intersect. That's where the worldview. Yeah, that's where he comes down. That's where down. it can work. You know, that's where he comes down and meets man. That's where man can go through. Uh, to and, meet him. And that's where people can come to people. Yes. Through people yes. and meet him. Yes. And if we do this you know, we will start to see that value is what he's always wanted us. We'll value him inside us. We'll value each other with Christ in each of us. You see, he doesn't live in principles, but he does live in people. So, uh, thank you very much, Sydney. And pastors, who are there right now? Is Victor and Michael there? I would uh, say to both of you men, as well as Kenny, please... Um, Carry this on, pray for people, please, and get it first. I would suggest the three leaders there pray for each other. First, you need to be prayed for and then please pray for others. I am sure people will take this back and they can't help but start to to seek to find in it. They're going to seek to find because it's going to help you to understand what God's love is all about more and more and more. And uh, when you get a testimony and it's brought you through some tragedies, let God show you, you and him through it first, before you even allow it to leave you. Because it's to be valued for you. Not to teach you a lesson, but for you to see who he is in you and for you. So God bless you, Sydney. Thank you so much for the for the privilege of sharing with you and thank you for the privilege uh, being part of, of something big that God's doing and the house and all your prayers and it's moving where it should be right now but I just want to let you know thank you for everything 
every time you got up and came to church and, and went into the spirit, whatever you did, thank you. Thank you. We felt the support. God bless you guys. We love you. We love you. Love you guys. Back over to our pastors in Sydney and Portals Live. We're closing out. People over principle. God bless.